0: you're just an open ear. Right. And I think I, I, I like that thinking. I, I would say so much of the folks that, you know, walked that came into those meetups were, you know, had an expectation, had an expectation that I will figure this out and I will, and I'll have this nailed. And, um, I would say, I would say to that, like you're more lost than you are found. Like then, then, then you'll figure it out if you, if you're thinking that way. You know, coming, coming to an expectation of things is like you have no idea what's going to be on the other side. Like Even if you do know, there's a, there's a, there's a chance that it doesn't go your way at all. You, you just don't know and you kind of have to give up to that, right?
1: This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan
2: Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. welcome 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 everybody to way of the artist podcast we've got a terrific guest lined up someone who i have known for i don't even know how long like probably close to three decades not that we knew each other well for all of those decades but i've you know you've been in in my world for close to three decades shane um Just a little bit about our guest today, Shane Johnson. Uh, He is the unicorn of Bitcoin. This man was like mining Bitcoin and learning that stuff before it was even fashionable to do so. Um, He knows all about that world of uh, cryptocurrency and trading. Uh, He's also... Done a lot of work in in as a DJ. He's uh, got a love for dance and electronic music, and he's also one of the few people in the world who you know when you hear someone and they say it's like you know what I just want to like put everything I own and have everything that I own that fits in a van and just drive and like see <laughs> drive all over the place and like not not have to like pay a mortgage and all that shit. Well, Shane's a guy who's actually doing it right now as we speak. So we've got a lot of things to talk about. I think that that uh, about creativity and choosing the 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 path less followed. Welcome to the show, Shane. It seems like it's a long time coming.
1: Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I, I, That's pretty awesome to be here. I love the analogy. I love the analogy of you, you know, you, you decide, Hey, I want to, I'm going to build a van. <laughs> I'm going to take it. I'm going to travel across, you know, all of Canada and wherever else you're going to end up going. And just the, the creativity required to figure out how to do that and solve problems as you went from place to place so far. And even just to be on this call, the creativity to, figured out i know you're in a shed in the middle somewhere and it's like it's just there's a there's a kind of where there's a will there's a way and i I, it's very inspiring man i just want to say that uh, you know thanks for figuring out a way to actually be on the conversation in the middle of this journey
0: yeah man this is this is pretty cool uh doing the uh the shed interview uh, was really uh on a Top of my top of my mind as I went to PEI, but um, you know, you will see me disappear on and off the camera because I do have to stoke the fire literally in here.
1: <laughs> see, that's even better. But, uh... <laughs> that's but, even uh, better. No, we're, in the we're like we're we're entering winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. And you're and you're in Prince Edward. You're in PEI, you know, which is like. That gets pretty
0: cold. (laughs) So we got to,
1: uh, what, minus five the other day, but yeah. Oh yeah. And it's just the beginning. So what was, um, so let's start here, man. Cause we wanted to talk about some of the things we want to talk about are beginnings, you know, where all this stuff begins. And I think you're just the way you're living life is, It's a metaphor for a lot of us, you know, as artists, you know, we have these big ambitions, these ideas, these things we want to do. And it's like, can I do that? And where did it start? How did this start for you? Because when I started hearing about it, you were saying I'm getting this, basically this truck, I'm going to build my own home on it. And we're going to, we're going to go travel across, you know, wherever we're going to go. And, where did that idea come from and when did it actually start materializing? Um, well, I'd say
0: Vanessa and I, or, um, didn't want to travel somewhere. And I think we got really, we were beginning to get, uh, tired out from the city life. So, so I think it was just one day we, um, uh, we were just, curious and wanted to see what a, what well, what a, um, airstream would look like. Um, I had an obsession with, with, the, uh, with those aluminum, like rounded air streams, like the Bambi with a really small, cute one. And, um, and, and it was a, um, uh, the new year's slash Christmas holiday where we, um, where we went down to the States and we checked out, out this place in, um, Oh, Joshua Tree, uh, Joshua Tree Park in California. And they had this wild little setup with like seven or eight different trailers on this little compound, a hot tub, raised hot tub, um, and like a pool and whatnot. And we just said, damn, this is kind of cool. Let's, uh, let's take a gander. So, um,
1: that was the initial, that was the, really the initial moment like that was the moment where you're like this is cool i want to do that yeah
0: they showed us that was very possible like
1: like right so you experienced that it was possible and you're like if that's possible you know we could figure out how to put this together we could do it yeah
0: yeah of course and then um it came from from there you know your imagination starts running a little bit and then uh we started Seeing what an Airstream would cost us, what an RV would cost us, and this and that, right? And so that um,
1: became research, like looking into. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how how long ago was that? Like, how, like, because now, like, you're currently, like, you're deep into it. Like, you've been. You, when did you leave? Let's start with that question. When did you actually physically leave in the vehicle? Well, it, I think
0: it was a, it was a two part thing with with the the truck. Cause we ended up moving into the truck, uh, March 1st. Um, and, that's still it, and, then, two, it's, and then two weeks later, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: March 1st, it's November now. So just to give people perspective.
0: Yeah. March 1st, uh, we, we were comfortable with the build by, um, May 28th and that's when we took off and finally hit the road.
1: Okay. That so March, was, uh, March, April, May was kind of like the beta phase. It was like, let's live in this thing. <laughs> yeah, Let's just see if that works. And that did. And then may it's like, let's start going somewhere with it. We figured out the kinks. Let's start getting on the road.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Okay. So now here's my next question. And I, I just want to get clear about this. Cause I think it's really important for people to understand the process of how this actually happened. Um, so March is when you moved into the thing. When was Joshua tree conceptual moment? Like, when did that happen? Like, was that the, that December before or like that November before or New Year's before or was it year? Was, I
0: think that was the year before. That was a year before. So um, like a
1: whole year, like this was a, the conceptual stage happened like a few months before or like a whole year and a few months. Uh, um, uh,
0: not that, not that, uh, Christmas, but the, um, the previous Christmas.
1: Okay. So a whole cold. year and a bit was just in the, yeah. m- could we do this? See, that's really important, man. Cause I want people to pay attention to that. You have an idea and it, it, it was a year and a bit before it actually physically became something, you know, because. Like, I think sometimes we have these ideas, these things we want to do. And we're like, I want to do it tomorrow. And it's like, you didn't just go to Joshua Tree and the next day, sometimes things, they, they kind of grow, and they blossom. Yeah. No, that's, that's
0: pretty much bang on how, how that works. Yeah.
2: Cool. I, I want to ask, like, that's, I mean, cause that's a hell of a thing to do. You know like I've known you for a long time and so in many ways like it doesn't really surprise me because you've always been a person who I've admired for truly kind of marching to the beat of your own drum (laughs) but I mean still like you're a person who has you know lived sort of like you know fulfilled kind of the obligations of what we would expect uh, you know in in society you know like having a job and paying for an uh, an apartment keeping a roof over your head all of these things and to go from that and to truly make that decision that's like hey we're going to go and do this thing that is not super common i mean it's becoming more common but it's still like most people are not are not you know, living, living the kind of life that you're living right now, you know, and I had imagined that that came with a few sort of mental hurdles t- for you to overcome.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, oh man. Where yeah. Were they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say like, I think the big one obviously was downsizing, like. Coming from a two-bedroom apartment, you know, that my girlfriend and I shared the rent on. It was okay. It was good. And then um, to, what, maybe a 70-square-foot space? No. Like a 30-square-foot space, like, uh, trailer, basically. And squeezing ourselves into that. But also going through your stuff and, like, realizing, I don't need this on the road. I don't need that on the road. Um, I don't need you know i I don't need something fancy yet and i but I also need some things that are tough that that can that are versatile that that will use mostly anywhere in any situation I, it was it was a lot there was a lot to um, let go um, there was a lot to purge in a sense um, and what,
2: what has the experience been like living without a lot of these things that you know that you used to have? you know, just on hand all the time. Like, do you, do you miss these things or do you find that like, you don't really think about them? Like what's like, what's that been like?
0: Yeah. A lot of things have kind of, I've just kind of, I ne- don't have a thought in my head anymore. I mean, there's a few things to put in storage, but the amount of stuff that, um, is just stuff is just things that just come and go. Or, you know, you realize that, um, that was there that was there for a while but um you're moving on you're going to that part of your life you're like actually no i'm okay with uh not having that in my head anymore i'm like it's nothing really nothing nothing phased me about like letting all this stuff go
1: mm.
0: so except maybe for the vacuum cleaner like i fixed that one
1: myself <laughs> 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 you know shane I, I i went through a uh a period in my life where I had a lot of stuff and I went through, um, kind of a hard time in my life. I've shared it a lot on the podcast, but I, I went through a transition in my life where I was going to let, let go a lot of this stuff and move. And I, and I thought there's a quote from my favorite movie fight club, which is the stuff you own ends up owning you. And when I was giving stuff away, I had like this beautiful couch, like this, like plush, like, queen size mattress and a bed frame and all this stuff. And I was just, I just gave it away. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want it. Take it. (laughs) It was like that detached. It was like, I don't even care about getting anything back for this. And I found that it was extremely freeing for me to like, let that stuff go. And I realized that like that by letting go of stuff, That didn't matter as much as maybe I thought it did before I had let it go actually freed me to value things that I just think are it transformed me as a person. And you know, I got a new couch. I got a new bed, you know, these things came back, but they didn't matter. You know, those things come and go. And you almost like, it's just like I changed. And then the new thing came in, which matched more where I was at. And it's not like I got more stuff. It's just like I brought back in what I actually cared about and I left out everything I did. not Are you finding that?
0: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I still have my, I still have my CDJs, my DJ equipment and stuff like in storage and whatnot. But yeah, there are some new things that are coming into our lives, like little things, nothing massive, nothing major, but you know, Nope. We can't cram too much into the truck. Right. So it's got to, it's got to work or, or not. I mean, um, as Vanessa's mom puts it, you know, everything in your kitchen should have, should be able to do like three things except for that uh, tofu press that she gave us. That only presses tofu. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Little luxuries. But, um, well, that's kind of an interesting thing, right? That's like one, it's something that does one thing is like kind of a luxury in that situation. Whereas, like, something that does three things is actually really practical and useful.
0: Yeah. Um, No, I I can't say I'm really attached to anything really anymore. Um, I mean, a two bedroom apartment, I had two cars and that truck. And then we let everything go down to, just the truck i mean it was the last week where i just sold i just sold a car to a friend for like 200 bucks just like take it off my hands go i don't care what happens to it you know let it let it dissolve let it go away <laughs> you
1: know. I'm, I'm interested like you know because you obviously experienced uh, a lot of detachment like you did, like i i believe that i personally believe that detachment is a phase of maturity for a human being And I don't think that all people reach it in their lifetime, but I know that I did, and when I did, I was transformed and it was super hard to do. Like I was attached to a fork, like ridiculous. I had someone came into my place just to give you a little story. And I had like a 12 place, like dining set. And they're like, how many people could you have at your place? And I was like six maybe eight. They were like, that's it. You can't have any more than that. You can't have any more pieces than six or eight. It's like, after that, it's like, you're just a uh, hoarder. And so I started just looking at things as like, why am I keeping this? Like, it's like, it is valuable, but not to me. You know what I mean? So what I'm interested in is how did you get to the place where you could let all that go? Like, how did that happen for you? Um,
0: I would say like practically, uh, you're not gonna fit all this stuff in a truck, but, um, like I already felt weighed down with, with all this, all this stuff, like, you know, uh, and you know how to do a lot of things and there, that, and hence, so, there was just a lot of stuff I had. Right? And so I realized you know, as we were going forward, this truck and building the truck too, um, there's things I needed, things that, you know, did need to come with us. But uh, if it wasn't helping us, uh, with like the goal of the truck, trying to get into this thing and, you know, get on the road, I, I, I quickly realized that, you know, it was just dead weight. It's, um, it wasn't serving us as we wanted to like move forward, you know, start something new. Uh, so it all kinda kind of sounds like
1: the goal. In a way, like I want to do this thing, helped you figure out what mattered.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I want to say too, like I imagine it's 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 been a different experience because there's experience of having to downsize and get rid of the things you have, but then there's the fact that now you live in this much smaller space and. You literally don't have like room really to bring new things into it and I find that interesting because it's like I do you find that you you think less about stuff in general like like buying things or or you know what I mean like do you like sort of a sense of materialism kind of dissolving to an extent because like you literally can't just bring things and so like what do you do you find that your mind has like different things that you're thinking about different things that you're working towards
0: um I mean how do I describe that that's that's an interesting question uh it's I am, I am le- like letting go. I am always aware that, you know, that I don't need, I don't need all the stuff that i had before. I'm like, and I'm very aware of like what we do take in the truck. I mean, hell our fridge is really small. So we, we only have enough food in the fridge for about, you know, maybe a week or so before we have to stock up again. Right. There's no, can't really freeze too much stuff. You can't, you know, store a bunch of food in there. Um, but i never was i never was a guy who look was looking for the the new toy the new thing the uh, the two point um iphone or Android or something like that and i was i was more of the i was more a guy who wanted to make something old work um so, uh kind of free cycle if you will um, i mean how this laptop right now that we're running on is something i bought off Craigslist uh 2 years ago so shows you how far uh something used goes goes but um but I try to look at things um that that I can stick around a little longer than than usual that i can at least fix take apart take a look at you know spend a little time with you know um and that kind of goes with the the truck too i mean that's a truck that my girlfriend and I built. And, um, we, a lot of the stuff was either salvaged from construction sites or, or whatnot. There was some stuff we bought from Home Depot that we, you know, we built and we purchased, but, uh, more so most just recycling and and recycling stuff that people didn't have a use for anymore, or, you know, was just abundantly there. Right. It's just stuff always available that like you can kind of put your hands on, you know. And a lot of people are willing to let go of things uh that that were no use of them before, like in an abundance kind of thing, right? I don't know if that answers the question.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like I, I think you, you remind me of the fact that like for as long as I've I've known you, you've been a person who has always tinkered with things like you've always had an interest in, in technology, but, you know, you've, you've always like managed to find and, and like salvage these things and, and breathe new life into something that, you know, someone just doesn't have value for anymore and finding value in it again. And, you know, that's a tremendous, for me, at least that's a tremendous kind of creative, a cre- that that's a cre- tremendous creative skill that that you've always had, and and you've always you've always retained that side of of yourself.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, um, I've never been the guy for flashy things. You know, I just wanted something that worked. You know, a year down the road at least, or two years down the road. You know. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, we'll have to go through the pictures of the truck, but uh, um, she doesn't look pretty um, to, to, to most people. But if you know what's in her, she's she's gorgeous, right?
2: What's the? Because are, are you maintaining the Instagram account for the for the truck?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. Uh, we're still. We got more stuff along the way. We just finished the the propane heating system. That's been that we've we've uh, had to. To build the brave, use this EI Winder.
1: What is the Instagram so somebody, if they wanted oh. to, could maybe check that out?
0: Yeah, it's kitty kitty bang bang on the road.
1: <laughs> All one word. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> kitty kitty
0: kitty kitty bang
2: bang on
1: the road. Kitty kitty bang bang, right. bang on the road. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, uh, let's, let's, um, let's come back to this. I want to, I want to turn the conversation to a new area. Um, like, uh, just kind of your passions and, um, what you're interested in and where you put your energy and your focus. And, uh, you know, um, <laughs> this, what, you know, I've known you for probably a couple of decades at least. And I, I met you through Evan, I think initially, but, um, you know, it's funny cause you and I were friends for like a long time, kind of like always seeing each other at every social gathering and all that. But then a few years ago we decided, Hey, let's get together and let's like really bond. And we, we did, uh, well, I'll just say it a magic mushroom journey through the forest, which was like, honestly, one of the best experiences of my life. And, um, There is a moment and I'm probably not going to give it justice, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it actually was a life-changing moment for me, but we were talking about crypto and you were explaining to me about this whole thing and why it's important and why why you've been involved in it. And and again, you've been somebody who's been involved in it like before anybody even really knew about it. And then obviously it became a big thing later. But um, I remember there's this moment we're sitting on the edge of a cliff (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a big oh, waterfall. Right. Yeah. I don't You remember. Yeah. And you I took, remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You took $5 out of your pocket, a $5 bill, like crisp, nice bill. And you're explaining to me about having skin in the game. And you're like, you're not really playing until you actually feel the loss or you feel it. And you took that money and you said, see this money it's dead to me. And you threw it off the cliff and it floated and it almost went off the cliff, like down, but it got caught in a tree. And I remember I was like, I could almost grab it. (laughs) And I was like, you're like, it's dead to me. I'm like, well, it's not to me. I'm like, do you mind if I take it? (laughs) You're like, I don't care at all, but don't give it to me. I don't want it. And I kind of reached for it and I was like, I don't know. Cause it was kind of like on the edge of the cliff. And you said, you see that right there, you're willing to kill yourself for $5. And, and when you said that, I thought about so many things in my life that, I've made important that were not important for the risk that like, and I was about to lean off a cliff to try and grab a $5 bill, you know, like my life is worth $5. And it was like, literally a profound moment for me. I mean, it sounds super simple, but I literally like look at everything that way. Is this a $5 bill that I'm reaching for risking something that is actually really important. So I wanted to share that. Cause that was a, a, a big moment for me, but what got you thinking about crypto and money and just kind of that way of looking at it all where did that begin um i mean
0: for me i've always had a passion behind um electrical electricity um i'm a certified electrician blah 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 but um as a kid i also liked computers um and the whole nine yards to it. I just didn't know what I wanted to do in computers. I knew I wanted to be, I want, I know I wanted to play with electricity. I was kind of building dams out of the mud and this and that, making building like a little generator station, you know, in my backyard and this and that. Um, but the computer side, uh, I was always fascinated. Um, as a kid, I just, uh, uh, during like that spring cleaning kind of time. There's always computers lying around. So, you know, I took a few home, fixed them, blah, 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 you know, and got them going, but um, didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, when I found out about Bitcoin, about uh, the other cryptocurrencies, uh, I realized that I could uh, plug a computer in, you know, and like overclock it and push it to its max and like make five bucks a day you know, um, as simple as it was right then and there. I'm like, you know what? I'll try it. I'll do it, you know? And um, I think the first month or two, I was messing around and I, um, you know, i have accumulated, what, five times 30. That's like, uh, that's 150 bucks that month in cryptocurrencies, you know? And, you know, realizing that, oh, okay, these plugs are, Getting hot, the computer is getting really hot. I need to like rethink what I'm doing here. And I was uh, as I was kind of reassessing, like, is this worth it? Um, Bitcoin made a, a big move, like a 200 percent move, double and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, in that 150 bucks I made in that month turned into fifteen hundred bucks. And I'm like, wait, what did I just do? What happened? Like, where? What? Like, this doesn't happen like normally, where, where is this coming from? So, you know, I was sitting on a lot of, I was sitting on a lot of cash and I, you know, and I realized I kind of made it out of thin air. Uh, And that really fascinated me. It's like, it's, we all do that. We all make, make money out of thin air. And um, that kind of got me on this tangent of Okay, so what is money like? Where, what is this thing that we seem to chase so much? Um, like, why do we go after that five dollar bill? You know, and nearly risk our lives. Um, that was the the proverbial question I've had um, since I started um, playing with cryptocurrencies. And you know, at the end of the day, it's just it's just uh, something that we interact with. That's something that we we play with, with each other. Right. Um, Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's just a value transaction. It's just something that we've just passed between each other. Right. Um, and I, I can't seem to let that go. Um, I thought I was done with the whole cryptocurrency thing in 2015, 16, but, um, it came knocking at my door and I had to, go ahead and play with it again. And sure enough, I made a lot more money than I expected. And, um, that's when I took some of that Bitcoin and I bought that truck. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and you know, as well. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, I just want to mention this cause I know we'll move on from it, but in that moment, I, I really appreciate appreciated that from you because you're, you know, you're my friend and you're willing to take $5 to teach me a lesson. Like you were willing to take that out of your pocket, throw it off a cliff, to, to like, cause you were sharing with me and that was part of the journey. You were, you were going to share with me what, what this actually was and what it meant. But, and you, and you were literally and and like audience needs to hear this. You were literally just talking about how you got to have skin in the game. And you literally took your money and you threw it off a cliff. Not because the value of teaching me the lesson was more important than the $5 bill. And I think like, that's like such a cool thing. And and one of the things that taught me as a coach and a mentor was that when I really want to teach a mentee or a, a student, a lesson, I got to have skin in the game, I can't just be like, yeah, yeah, you should do this. It's like, if I can show them that I've skin in the game, they're really going to learn that lesson. Cause in that moment, when I saw you do that and, and you like really you, you didn't just, it wasn't just bullshit talk. You were like, literally, here's the reality. And, and I'll give you the literal physical lesson and it costs me, but it's worth so much more. You know what I mean? And I, I, it was profound, man. I just, I'm really grateful for it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, man. I, I yeah, I, for, I kind of forgot about that until now. <laughs> it's crazy. Um <laughs> yeah, for all, and for all, a lot, I think, yeah we as a teacher as a mentor like you should have skin in the game um i mean i was doing bitcoin meetups um uh for a while there from 2017 to to before we left burnaby and um yeah i i found it the turnout always fluctuated but i found it found that yeah we, I, as i was trying to deliver that message i don't think i would be ever it would be ever as profound as we had our time together but but i tried i tried so hard to like give that sort of same lesson and it's amazing how many people walk through that door looking for the next big thing looking for i'm gonna be rich tomorrow or Mitch in a month or something like that i know this thing so i will I will make it to the top. I'm like, um, I found it also fascinating seeing that kind of attitude come through the door and and being like, okay, so why are you here? You know what I mean? Like if you're here for that f- proverbial $5 bill, then holy crap, you've got a lesson coming on your head and I can't help you, right?
2: So what was it for with, during these meetups what was the thing that you were really trying to instill and and share with people who who came through the door? Because you know, when you're in something like like crypto, you know, which is which is you know a form of of money. It's a form of you know, it's it, it's in the finance area. And so people, you know, people think it's just like, well, it's just about the money, isn't it? Clearly you have a different perspective. On what it was that you were doing and trying to do would you share a little bit of that with us
0: yeah i um i kind of saw i saw, I kind of saw bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as a kind of way out of of what's going on um i mean, I mean we can go down this whole tangent of the big picture but um for, for most people everyone was just kind of stuck in this little game this little loop of you know chase taste chase the dollar bill and um hopefully i make it to the top um i was trying to let everyone know that you know you don't have to do that anymore you can you can just um, live <laughs> you can just be your be your own like own your own like you just have to be a bit more disciplined you just have to open your eyes up a little bit more and um it was hard delivering that message it was hard trying to get to people um a lot of so many so many folks that went through that door were um just had stars in their eyes you know and didn't know how to take the blinders off um so there was I mean, a few it's... people
2: yeah sorry sorry to continue
0: there was a few people that you know i worked with one-on-one even you know that um i was hoping just to show them you know what was on the other side and um a lot of them still took the bait as they say right so there's like one there or two folks, one or two people I've met that like really got it. And, and you know, I still work with them to this day, but, um, yeah, very, very interesting, very, very interesting time. Just, uh, talking to the public, talking to people who just didn't want to wake up. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 I, I mean, and I can relate to an extent as well, like as, as a, a teacher, you know, like, I often have like actors coming in and you know they've got they've got their own stars in their eyes you know of <laughs> you know making it making it big becoming becoming famous and all that sort of thing and you know not that I I don't wish you know that kind of fortune and and success for these people but you know the part like I'm not trying to teach you how to be someone famous I'm trying to teach something far different than than that thing. And it can be it's like trying to take those stars out of their eyes and replace them with a different set of stars, so to speak. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. The business of being a pop star in 30 days versus being being a uh, like, you know, a crazy stock market trader in 30 days. Right. Yeah. I or being, or seems like being,
2: being an artist, being somebody who's uh, engaged and, and and joyful in the things that they do in their life, as opposed to just doing things for, for some sort of an outcome, you know, as, as something that's more so an ingrained part of living a, a,
1: a greater life.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Totally agree.
1: You know what's interesting, Evan, is I think I was a good student of Shane's. Because I didn't go in to learn about crypto, because I wanted to be famous or be at the top or whatever. I you went to just went, have
2: some mushrooms with a friend
1: and exactly. Have a, I'm have like, let nice on afternoon. a journey, and you're like, and he was like, "I'm. Are you interested? Are you curious about this at all? I will tell you about it." And and I was like, yeah, "I am." And so he did. And for the first part of our little journey, he uh, he really like he he gave me like he transformed my understanding of it. Like I had all these people around me, Brandon, you got to invest in crypto, blah, blah, blah. And all these people were saying it, but you were the first person that I actually talked to. And I went, I'm starting to understand what the hell this all is, but you, but the thing is, is for me, I think maybe I was a good student because I didn't have any um, expectation. I didn't have any like, like the proverbial $5 bill. I was obviously still attached to $5 bill in that moment but I wasn't after the $5 bill. So when I got to that $5 bill moment, it was kind of like, Oh, this like crypto is not just about money. Crypto is about like life. Crypto is a, is a philosophy. It's a, it's a value system. It's a relationship and it's a relationship to yourself in relation to value. I mean, these were the lessons that I was getting from you and many, many more, but I think it's interesting because take it away from crypto. It's like going to acting. If you go into acting to be a star, that's the proverbial $5 bill. And it's like, you've got to let go of that $5 bill. And in a way that's what frees you up to actually find value in it. It's like, (laughs) but I, because I was like, not after the $5 bill, I was willing to let it go. I was somewhat willing to detach from it. Maybe I'm guessing, I don't know, but
0: wait, well you walked into it like without any expectation right you were just you're just an open ear right and i think i i I like that thinking i i would say so much of the folks that you know walked that came into those meetups were you know had an expectation had an expectation that i will figure this out and i will and i'll have this nailed and um i would say i would say to that like you're more lost then you are found, like, then, then, then you'll figure it out. If you, if you're thinking that way, You know, coming, coming to an expectation of things is like, you have no idea what's going to be on the other side. Like, even if you do know, there's a, there's a, there's a chance that it doesn't go your way at all. You, you just don't know. And you kind of have to give up to that. Right. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I was talking with a friend the other day. He's, uh, he's, he's done pretty well with some investing. And uh, we were talking a bit about crypto. And I was actually telling him about this conversation we were about to have. And he's like, I'm going to listen to that one because I told him a bit about you. And um, <laughs> it was interesting. We were talking about it. And he he mentioned, you know, part of the reason why stocks work to some degree is because people, and this sounds terrible to say it this way. I, I don't know if we said it this way. but I could be kind of filling in the blanks here, but kind of like those suckers, those people who they, they look at a hockey stick curve going up and they imagine that that stick's going to go up forever. They, they the, the stock is just going to go up and up and up and they get greedy. And there's a certain point where it's like, you need to sell. And if you sell before you get greedy, you can buy back. Cause it's probably going to come back down in, it, but that greed makes people hang on. And then when they see it high, they go, Oh, like this is going to keep going up and they buy high and then it dives. And the people who are paying attention, who are really like not doing it to chase the dollar bill, the $5 bill, proverbial $5 bill, whatever you want to call it, they actually make the most money because they're not after the thing. They're after the value they're after they have a principle, you know, they're following and, and it's not a guaranteed by anything, but I'm starting to understand that like playing stocks or working with money or going to an acting class or pursuing a career in the arts is a lot like that. If you're chasing the $5 bill, like the Oscar or that thing, that's the very reason why you'll never get it. But if you can kind of like, like live by that, that, like, for example, Evan teaches be in the moment, like really be truly present. If you can like honor that value, you might find yourself there. But it's not because you had to be there. It's because you lived a principle, you lived a value. That's, that's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to fill in the blanks for what you think, but these are some of the things that I kind of walked away and how I interpret them. So I'm only sharing my perception, but these things have really, yeah. Made me walk away with those perceptions. But
0: I mean, I think, yeah, you, you put in less words. Um, but, but you're absolutely right. There, there are, there are folks who have blinders on who don't want to like take the precautions, take the time to learn what's, what's, uh, what's, what's in, in front of them. And, um, you know, um, we like in the stock market and the cryptocurrencies, we call it FOMO, fear of missing out. And that's, it's, and you got to think about that first word, fear, right? Um, you also brought up another fantastic word, greed. Um, that's another big one that uh, cryptocurrencies and um, stock markets like to go after, right? Those two emotions come uh, back and forth, and you've got a, a recipe for you know bankruptcy. You know, putting your as we say, putting like betting the farm. Um, that's like the worst thing you do, like. You know, and and if you're betting the farm for that, that five, five dollars, you got something else coming to it, right? Um, The.
1: Well, can I say one thing? I don't want to stop your thought, but. Oh yeah. Maybe you win on the betting the farm on that $5, but how many times is that $5 bill going to pay out? Like sometimes you're going to fall off that cliff and it only takes once to just destroy everything. If you keep betting the farm, you know, because people who bet the farm once, I mean, like they're probably going
0: to bet it again, you know? Oh yes, of course. We, we call that leverage. Yeah.
1: We call that leverage, uh, <laughs>
0: betting, margin in betting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's like a, that's a recipe for disaster too. If you're successful in the very beginning, like you kind of have to unlearn that success because that's not, that's a one-off that's not natural. Right. You, you, um, you have to be humbled to the experience of like, Oh, okay. I just won. I, you know, I, I have that, I achieved that proverbial $5. Now, you know, how did I get there? Um, I think so much of my like very beginning of like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency stuff was that, Oh, I got the $5. Like, wait, how did I do that? Where where did that come from? Like, yeah, I, I did that. Like, how do I do that again? And is that even tangible is, that realistic to do again, you know. Um, uh, you, you, you kind of have to be humble in your in that experience, right? Um, like
1: not thinking you, that you got it all figured out. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because you won. Like I went to the. Uh, I don't gamble much. Very rarely. I do it occasionally just for fun. But like I went to the horse track races, right? And uh, I went with my friend. He used to work at there, right? And he gambles a fair amount, but. I remember I went to the horse track and he was teaching me about my options. Like, cause you can bet on the winning horse, but you could bet on the top three horses in their placement. You can do a whole bunch of fancy things. And I started making some bets and I started to like, I looked at everything and I was like, I think I know how this is going to go. And it turned out I was right. And I won really big, like really big. everybody, everybody there, the big party was like, wow, like And I remember after this happened, I said to my friend, you know, I think I got this figured out. He said, that, that is a problem. That's where you get into trouble. And, and I knew in that moment, I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Cause I literally was going to walk away going, I got this figured out. I know how to win the game. (laughs) It's like, no man, (laughs) you you had some, you looked into it and you probably made some smart choices in theory, but you got lucky at the end of the day. And, and really, I mean, it's, it's the truth. Cause the next time I went to the track, I tried the same system. I didn't, I didn't risk the farm, but I was like, yeah, he's right. And I tested his theory. I'm like, you know, you're, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. And that is the gambler, you know, you got to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally go. That's, that's a fun, uh, that's a fun experience. Yeah. Uh, we, this is we after our,
1: our talk though, by the way, <laughs> this is after our, Oh proposal. really? Yeah. So just so you know, you contributed to helping me not lose the farm.
0: <laughs> oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> Holy crap. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. Funny how it all comes around, you know, but you gotta like right. pay attention to these life lessons, you know? And, and I, I just, it's interesting cause we're talking about crypto and money, but this relates to art. Like I'm seeing so many parallels. I mean, maybe we're not commenting on it directly, but just the artist journey—it just seems so parallel to me.
0: I, I mean, yeah, I—I I would say you'd, you'd have to really, you'd have to stumble a few times, you know, in in artistry, and you know, in in one way, shape, or form, you kind of have to, you really have to like go out there, go and try, but you don't, you. But depending on how, if you fail or succeed, that shouldn't sway your passion about uh, what you want to do, right?
2: Well, I mean, it Um, can be, any of those things can be a trap. I mean, this is something that I found to be like a a fascinating uh, sort of teaching that you find in, in a lot of like Eastern philosophies, which is, you know, if someone praises you, or someone uh, criticizes you that your reaction to each should be the same, (laughs) that you shouldn't take too much stock in, in praise or criticism because either or is like a recipe for disaster one way or another, you know, like it, it removes your ability to simply just place your focus on whatever the thing is that you're doing for you to even necessarily be able to recognize the thing that you actually want to do, you know, because then suddenly it becomes whatever you're doing becomes about, you know, either getting that praise again or avoiding that criticism again. Right. And, you know, when you're in that space, you can never, you can never give yourself fully to what you're
1: doing. It's, um, it's a uh, yin yang, you know, it's, a uh live by their praise, die by their criticism. If you live by their praise, you will die by their criticism. But if you don't let either affect you, you're actually free of both. Yeah. And, and it's it's like kind of a lot of what Shane imparted upon me was really the freedom of money. You know, living for money, you, you live for it or you die by it. You know, it's the same as praise and criticism. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so like, I mean, this is probably a profound wisdom that's carried on way way beyond our lifetimes but you know and and many before but like these these things come back and get reflected in everything we're doing you know over and mm-hmm. over again and you can use money or art or whatever
2: well i mean i i was thinking about it also in the context of success and failure sure you know it's just like don't put too much stock in your success and don't put too much stock in your failure either. You know, like just, just kind of being unaffected by either of them because those can be ex, like either of them can be extremely misleading. I mean, that was kind of what I was hearing on what the con, uh, as the way the conversation was going. Is that it's like, yeah, like, you know, your success can throw you straight towards ruin. Uh, you know, and likewise with your failure can throw you straight towards ruin. But failure can also send you straight towards success as well you know like it's um it's a funny thing
0: <laughs> uh there's a i remember coming across a few years ago um this philosopher um called the uh, what's his name uh, he, he, uh, Hegel or hegel he, hegel uh, yeah. he was known for he, he, Hegel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he talked about and his thing was the hegelian dialect um he was in, he was an asshole in lectures and stuff like that because his uh, I, idea of philosophy was like you you don't know the one end of the spectrum without knowing the other you don't know the one extreme to the other so hot cold you don't know hot unless you know cold you don't know cold unless you know hot so like in, in a sense you don't know success unless you know defeat um, you don't know defeat unless you know success, right? Um, so I was always I was always fascinated with this line of thinking because um, we all stumble, we all make mistakes, we all you know, we all lose our way, and we all find ourselves you know, in the shadow and the light when we should perform, right? But um, it, it's it's very much this dance of trying to get back into the middle.
1: He um, was a really interesting guy it's yeah. beautiful it's all this dance about trying to get back to the middle it re- like that's like that is like way of the artist that's like the whole thing that we talk about like it's it, it is it's this dance about trying to get back to center all the time you're on your path. you're going through life and you get distracted you know you get pulled off course by this five dollar proverbial five dollar bill or the success or the praise and that pulls you off course because then then you get pulled over to the failure and the criticism and the loss and the devastations too. And center is like where you can have perspective on both.
0: Yeah. It was, it's, uh, uh, the human experience is very fascinating (laughs) when you, when you're able to step back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. It's hard when you're in it though. It's hard when you're in your shit and and it's just, it's super hard. I mean, you know, that's something like, I think our friend circle, we always talk about with each other. Like we have a good friend group and we can talk about our shit with each other. And I think one of the great things about all of us is we help each other have perspective when we're in our shit, but we all have enough compassion to understand that we, when we are in our shit, it's just hard. (laughs) Like You can have all the perspective in the world, but when you're in it, you're like, Oh, this sucks. I know this is probably okay. And I'm going to get through this and I'm learning something but
0: it sucks. And I don't like it. <laughs> oh man. Like uh, <laughs> Vanessa always criticizes me over, like when I'm fixing something or doing something to truck, it's just, I'm swearing like a sailor just to get through it because I'm like, All right, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want this to happen. Like I, I, I was pissed off when we had to redo the, the bed and the mold. And I was like, that was the third time we, we we did that bed again. That was the third time, and I was just like, oh god, not this again. Um, yeah, and it sucked, you know. And all she could do was just be there and you know, be a lending, like just be a supporter, be a, like cheerleader, you know. And that's all. I was, I was very appreciative in that moment where she was just like, just cheering me on, making like help, making sure everything's okay, you know, making sure that the coffee was made in the morning. while I could just go and swear some more in the truck (laughs) but yeah in the shit yeah absolutely
1: well let's go back to your journey if you don't mind that was a great little detour but let's come center back to where we started you got you guys have been on this journey and now you're presumably in the middle or whatever i don't know maybe you know you're not at the end
2: well we're (laughs) always in the middle brandon
1: we're always in the middle (laughs) so now you're in the middle like um, I don't even know the question, but, um, what, what did, what have you learned thus far from the beginning to the middle? Like what, 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 what brings you back to center?
0: Um, what we've learned so far is, you know, people are awesome. People are amazing. Um, we, uh, uh and we're probably quite astonished with our success and how we made it uh, across Canada, you know. And what since since uh, since like since May June, right? So uh, we're amazed of of how far we've come. Um, and it's and it's and it's been very astounding how it's, feel, it's it's felt like a year, maybe it's felt like two two years, something like that the amount of experiences we've had on the road, mm. but we've only been on the road for uh, six months. Okay? And we feel like we've lived a, like, we lived a good, like long, long journey. And, um, I mean, we're excited to do more, but yeah. you know, like settling down with some really close friends, like on, on the East coast of Canada, um, is really humbling. It's really something else. Um, we learned, Vanessa had a close friend, um, in in California, and they they lost their home in that California fire yeah, I can't remember where exactly, but they lost their farm uh, yeah go back to that that word again but uh yeah and and um, uh, her friend was very very humbled, very very astonished about all the support that she got. And she realized that she had to let go. She had to, she had to be not so independent, um, not so alone. Um, And we realized as we were going to PEI, you know, trying to avoid and trying to avoid all this COVID stuff uh, from Ontario, going through Quebec um, that we had to like, we had to have someone vouch for us, um, someone sponsor us, in PAI, you know, um, said that we were going to live permanently for a year. You know, our friends had to be our rentor or, you know, landlord, which was fine. I, I didn't care, but it was amazing. Uh, when we asked for that help, that support, it came at an instant. Like we were self conscious about like asking for that support, asking, you know, for help. Like, hey, we want to come and join we, you. Know, it, we've got all this paperwork. We had to do like a we had to do a 14 day quarantine here, like in the truck. And, um, you know, as we crossed the, cross the PI, it's like, a uh, there's a bridge that goes from, um, from New Brunswick to PI. It's like, it's like 10 minute, 10 to 15 minute bridge. It's gigantic. It's a lot of fun to drive. But, uh, on the other side of the bridge, um, was, the folks doing the whole COVID quarantine stuff. And they're like, all right, so your sponsor's there. No stopping at drive throughs no restaurants and nothing. Go straight there, you know, and, um, make sure you rely on your sponsors. And as I realized that I'm like, yeah, um, our sponsors, our friends, like are awesome. We're very blessed and very humbled to be around those folks. And we realized that we had to ask for help. We had to be, mm you know, we had to be vulnerable to ask for help. And, you know, it was, it was awesome. Um,
1: Yeah. It's, that's incredible, man. There's a, there's a line in um, um, that show, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which is actually, um, people sometimes think of it as a silly comedy and it's actually not, it's actually a very, very smart and profound thing, especially at the time it was, it was coming out because it talked about, black culture and it really brought a lot of things to light but in a comical way but it had many deep moments but there's a moment where um will's uncle says to him you know it's okay that people open doors for you because people open people open doors for me it's okay that people open doors for you and that's a part of life and it's something that i think we all have to learn that in in you know that we don't have to do all this alone that even if we do feel alone on our journey, even if we do feel alone in our fight, that there are people that are around that can help us and will help us. And sometimes something I'm learning is want to help you, but they need you to ask them for it because that's part of the exchange.
0: Oh yeah. So many times, I think so many of our arguments in the truck has been like, um, uh, yeah, both of us just not asking for help from one another. I'd say, you know, we were just expecting the help, you know, but, like, let's talk. Let's just have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and, and, and this experience has like this experience with the truck has been very, very much like that. We've, uh, I mean, we stayed longer than we wanted to in Ottawa and we asked for help from Vanessa's friends basically. And, um, i mean um how do I put this it's not it's it's no it's not fun um pooping in your own you know in your own area right you- t- you kinda of, that that whole like washroom business in a truck is very unpleasant you know, and you gotta deal with it it's gotta be done you gotta poop right that's it <laughs> that's <happened>. but uh <laughs> And also at the time too, we didn't have a shower in the truck. So we were relying on friends and campsites at times um, to have a shower to bathe. So um, they were really there for us. They're like, anytime you want to come up, come on up, just knock on the door, let us know, or give us a call for not for being weird, but we needed a shit shower, shade, come on up. (laughs) (laughs) And it was Ottawa where we built, um, we, we built our shower um, in preparation for our quarantine for PEI because we figured that we would have to do 14 days. You know, We wanted to do the thing to make sure you know, our friends and family were safe and whatnot. So um, yeah, uh, we were held up in Ottawa longer than we expected. But um, well, we had some good people, and we asked for help, and uh, kind of knew our, uh, who our friends were, and, and we, we were just very happy and humbled that our friends Mm. are there for us Mm.
1: that's a great i mean that's a great part of the journey right Is like and and we don't like to talk about this in society and culture but the you gotta poop you gotta clean yourself (laughs) you gotta you know the dirty part of life right and it's like um, but it's 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 such a vulnerable thing i mean just the image of being on a toilet and even someone hearing you or seeing you, you know, it's such a vulnerable place to be in in our culture. And in some ways, that's part of the journey of life is that sometimes you're in that vulnerable place and you need to be able to be that, that takes a lot of vulnerability to be like, Hey, I I, like, I, I need help here. It's not always about, I need help to like achieve this great thing. Sometimes it's like, I need help to do my basic life, you know, and everybody needs this, not, You're not, it doesn't make you different, like everybody in their own way. And, you know, I think there's a lot of like, Evan and I talked about this on the last podcast, or at least like I went on our rant, about it. but it's like, you could live that safe life and keep everything secure and control everything and keep it really small. But you Shane, you're doing the opposite of that. You're like saying, I'm going to go out. I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone. And I think you find the rewards out there, you know? And you're doing it your way. And I'm not saying that's the only way to do it, but you're doing it your way and you're experiencing what it takes to actually put yourself out.
0: I think, um, like building this truck, this truck trailer thing, the Kikitty bang bang. Um, there, there were some points where I'm like, God damn it. What am I doing? Like, why, why am I putting through myself through this stress through, through all of this? Like, you know, I'm the only person who knows what I'm doing here. You know, I'm the only one who knows my, knows, uh, my, knows, uh, a way around a screwdriver, you know, and the truck breaks down, I'm fixing it. No one else is fixing it, but me. And I realized something there. Um, like we're not tied to a manufacturer. We're not tied to a warranty. We're not, we're not tied to like, we're not, t- we don't have a Maytag, um, like the trailer, right. You, we can't, uh, you can't find someone to warranty this because no one knows what the hell's going on except for, for us, for Vanessa and I. And I realized in that at moment, like, you know what, you know, I like, but I like this. I like owning my, owning my shit. I like, I like being on this journey of, uh, of, of, of what is mine. Like, um, and I came across this idea, like, you know, great, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with, uh, with great freedom, like, comes great responsibility, right? Like we're free. We we're not tied to of an apartment or a landlord or a warranty or a manufacturer, but we're responsible. We're responsible as spot here. Cause you know, anything breaks down, you know, that's on us. We, we I mean, and we should get BCAA. I mean, that's, that was one thing I, we totally forgot to do. And we broke down in, uh, not quite a, a uh, there was a park in uh, Ontario. Um, not Quetico park, but one of the parks like starter went and, um, I realized we didn't have BCAA and the the park rangers were really cool about it. I was trying to troubleshoot it. We were, we couldn't move the truck for a day and usually most people get towed, but we found a way, um, to talk and we found a way and talk to someone at a, like a gift shop, like a five minute walk away to see if someone can deliver a, a starter, a part for us. And we fixed it. We we were able to spend a day in the park. We, you know, we didn't get to our spot, but we were able to... Leave. That evening, we went to the, the spot and had a campfire and everything else. But, um, um, yeah, we, we fixed the truck on the spot without having to be without having to go to the mechanic shop, and we were well on our way to to uh, Ottawa. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. so that was...
0: Yeah. Like, that was quite the challenge, but you know, it it was, it's ours, you know, it's our challenge. It's our, it's, you know, it's our journey. Right. So like you got to take what's yours and you got to be responsible for it. Right.
2: Yeah. It's like, um, a guy who I love listening to is like with any sort of endeavor that you choose for yourself, you know, the path that you choose to, to walk, you know, he's like, there's going to be, challenges that come up and this is the thing to remind yourself when those things happen is and this is what comes with it Mm -hmm. like this it it comes with this like it's not it's not against it it's what comes with it (laughs) so choose so choose what choose your path like what which one do you want to take and and what are the things that you want it to come with you
0: know Yeah. Oh, and, and make a list and write it down. Actually, that might help a lot too. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, we've uh, we've passed the one hour mark, yeah. uh, ah. and and typically this is uh, this is when we we talk about uh, what we're drinking, and then we and then we'll launch into our final questions here. Uh, I'll uh, I'll kick things off as far as the drinks uh, go. I am drinking uh, the Ghost Ship hazy ipa from lighthouse brewing mm. and uh it's been really tasty i i got it like the can looks i don't have the can with me but it's it's what? like this terrific image on the cover of it of like this pirate ship and the skull and stuff like that i love when they just throw great great art in with uh
1: in with the beer so uh it's really good Nice. That's awesome well, I guess I'll go next, man. I so I went, uh, I went a little bit, a little bit in a different way today. I went all the way to Germany. <laughs> um, I think it says Polanner. I, I I don't know, Polanner? I guess that's what this is called, but it's an Oktoberfest beer, and um, mm. Munich Oktoberfest. I I don't know. It's it's tasty, man. I'm basically done, so. <laughs> If that is a testament to how good this was, there you go. I don't know what to say. Yeah,
2: the Germans nice. know their way around a beer or two. Uh,
1: there's the can if anyone can see it. If you're watching it. Nice. All right. Are you
2: having a drink uh, there, Shane?
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. Um so PI's selection of beer is a little bit dry. Um, and we, we found that, we found that out, um, before we, we came. So we stocked up on a few beers in Ontario, like a full flat. Um, these guys are flying monkeys. They are, I don't know where they are from. Like they're in from, they're from Ontario. Um, but this is a triple IPA and, uh, we came across this and like fell in love. It comes in at 10.2%. Um, so I sip this. I don't down this. This is kind of yeah. Like, that's but, yeah. But, um, no, that's
2: a, that's a spicy meatball right there, my
0: friend. <laughs> but I'll I'll read the description because the description's a lot of fun. Exploring the realms of deep dark, deep dank space with the rules of threes in its DNA. Sparklepuff launches with a payload of smashed summer peaches for cushions of fierce multi-fluff behind a force field of hops. Three times dry hopped, triple the hop flavor, thrice the aroma. The Mm -hmm. 10.2% of this unfiltered adventure glimmers with the epic glory of Sparklepuff, galaxy starfighter defender of the universe. (laughs) 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 That's fun. That's
2: fantastic. Love it. And it's it's been
0: good? Oh, man. Um, Yeah, we had to smuggle this in. Uh, You can't see the the laser cat kitty there. Where is he?
2: Can you see them? Oh, there. Sort of,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, I see it. <laughs> well, hey. Yeah. We, so we have some questions. We're gonna we're gonna shoot off some questions for you, and then uh, at the end of this, we'll decide if we want to wrap anything up and say any last thoughts. But let's let's ask you these questions, man, because every everybody who comes on gets them, and I'm I'm excited to actually hear what you got to say about these things. Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. All right, Evan, All right.
2: You, you you can start it off, I think. All right, I'll start it off. Um, what is the most important book you've ever read?
0: Jeez, when's the last time I read a book? Damn it. Jeez, <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know. It's been a long time since I picked up a book, to tell you the truth. Like... Uh,
2: was well, there a book that just like when I asked you the question, like that just kind of popped into your head? You don't have to have a good reason for it. It's just
0: all right. Okay. Oh yeah. Weirdly enough, the Cisco Networking Networking books. I came across them when I was uh, when I was incarcerated. Some other story. We won't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> that's when I realized, like this crazy ass thick thing. I actually love computers. All right. Fine. All right. Done. I'll read this thing.
1: <laughs> cool, that's great. All right, what film has had the greatest impact on you?
0: Uh, would I say that would be a weirdly enough to say the Matrix, the whole trilogies? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really signed to those. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I still watch, especially the first one. You know, like that that first one. I still watched every now and then, and I'm just like, this movie's still fucking brilliant. Like, it was a it was so well done. Um, so I love it. All right, next. This might be a this might be a challenging song, Shane, because you are. We didn't even really get into music in our conversation, but you know, here we go. Uh, what is a song that takes you somewhere?
0: Um, there's a few songs from the weekend but i'm trying to forget remember the one that i like it could be the falls it could be i can't remember i remember going through a part of my life where i i just took a shine to the weekend's um albums and there's house of balloons that's what it was house of balloons the weekend house of balloons
2: cool i have i don't think i've ever heard it and i'm definitely gonna have to go and check that out as soon as we're done
0: yeah very interesting album very interesting tune yeah
1: all right where do you think creativity comes from
0: um he's uh, either from your heart or from your loins. You just kind of had kind of finger find that spot in the middle, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. so that might
2: be one of my favorite answers to that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, next question. How or where do you find inspiration?
0: How? Um... I usually like to break something. I, 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 proverbially or physically, I, I kind of break something to find inspiration, I guess. Interesting. Not. Yeah.
1: That's kind of like, uh, that's very like um, kind of the whole fight club philosophy in some ways. You break it so that you can rebuild it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you're, we're not made of glass, so, you know, have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right. What's one thing you would tell your childhood self?
0: Um, yeah, don't be don't be afraid, don't be scared, you know, and have and um, go have some fun. I mean, just just cause a ruckus, like like that. I mean, kick the hornet's nest, but make sure you run. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <laughs> oh, watch. Just keep the harness and run.
2: <laughs> All right, and the last question. What would your future self tell you now?
0: Um, um I don't know. No, I just keep being a kid, I guess. I I hate growing up i don't think even my future self uh, would be like you know what i'm still gonna be 14 12 21 screw it just keep being a kid really yeah no, no it feels a little cheesy but i guess that's kind of where i've always been just um uh and i'm always curious i've always been just just out there like uh let it let it all come to you if not and go go seek it go find it right uh, very very childlike so why not keep going that that route yeah.
1: all right that's great man
2: <clears throat> yeah that's all the questions that we have for you
0: awesome cool
1: okay here's the thing as we tie this up i uh, we don't always do this but sometimes i feel like we should and i want to do it today <laughs> but evan I want to hear your, your, like what, what you kind of took from this conversation. What was something that stood out for you that maybe people could walk away with, or your walk away with? I mean,
2: there were so many things that we got into in this conversation, um, and, and they haven't quite all sort of amalgamated for me just yet. So I might, I might pass the, I might pass the buck here for a moment and, and maybe come back around to me and just, I just need a few moments to let it kind of stew.
1: Hmm. Um, well, I guess I'll share mine. The thing that I'm going to really walk away with and Shane, I think it's kind of reinforced and reminded me and also reignited me to really look at the process of, things, you know, to not get so focused on the result or the expectation or what I think it should be or how I think it should look. Um, I think what, you know, that proverbial $5 bill moment kind of transcends almost everything we ever talk about now. Um, but it's kind of like, I think what I'm realizing through this conversation with you is how much it, it's so important to like be in this moment but but not that this moment has to be anything other than what it is and that's all part of the process of finding my way through because if i'm if i make this moment have to be something other than what it is that's the proverbial five dollar bill that's the thing i'm dying for and it's like but i'm living right now i don't have to die for that moment that i think it should be i could actually just be here now and I think about that moment of us on the edge of that cliff. It's a very important moment. Um, But, you know, there was another moment on that journey and it's out of context to some degree, but I'll share it anyway. There was a moment where we were walking down that creek bed and uh, it looked kind of like, it was so beautiful. It looked like uh, we were in the middle of Jurassic Park because just the way, the way it looked. And I remember we were sitting on these rocks and I shared with you about some of the hardest things that I went through in my life. And I just said about how I felt and you put your arm around me. And I don't even remember what you said, but it was kind of like, that's what got you here now. And I felt like such love and appreciation and gratitude to be in that moment with you in spite of going through such whatever. And the past didn't matter. And the future didn't matter. And that moment was like everything at that moment. And so many moments in life are are like that and can be that. So in a roundabout way, I think what you really helped me realize is that I'm chasing a proverbial future. I'm chasing a proverbial expectation, this, and I'm just going to let go of that. I'm going to let go and not reach over that cliff and die for that. I'm just going to be here now. And yeah, I, I don't know, man, this thing has, it's definitely going to percolate for me for a while, but this has been a good, good little chat that way.
0: Yeah, man. Now I, I, and I, you know, and thank you for having me on because yeah, I kind of forgot about that moment. Funny enough. I forgot about that uh, little mushroom walk. I'm like, and I, I forgot how much I, I, uh, how much I took from that too. So yeah. Thanks for having me on for that. For sure. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode.
1: You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.